You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Hello, world. Welcome to Go On, Say It. I'm your host, Jamie Kigundu, on the Ebony Covering Black America Podcast Network, available wherever and however you get your podcasts. I think I've been catfished. And not in the sense that some people get catfished, and <laughs> certainly not in that way. But has anyone ever watched a movie and thought, this is not what I signed up for? I call that a form of catfishing, okay? So it happened to me, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, let me give you an example of one. This was a film called Black Swan also known as I want my money back, okay? <laughs> because I am a huge fan of horror films. And watching the um, previews to the movie, I thought, oh yeah, this is the new Poltergeist. Let's go and see this film. And so I don't want to give spoilers away about you know the film for some of you who haven't yet seen it. Needless to say, it is not <laughs> a horror movie. Uh, so it, it was akin to the feeling when you have a huge bag of potato chips and you open the bag and all the air comes out and there's like six chips <laughs> in this massive bag. Uh, so yeah, um, but I knew when I was watching the movie, I, I, I am a fan of Natalie Portman. Uh, so if you're listening, this is not a dig on you, <laughs> but, but I'm a fan of Natalie Portman and I, um, I, I took away a couple of different things from it. One. I said, okay, she's in really tremendous shape for this movie. Uh, two, um, Natalie actually could dance ballet. I'm not sure if she was trained somehow um, in a different life or trained specifically for that movie, but she could actually uh, dance ballet. And the third takeaway, of course, was, is this what catfishing feels like? <laughs> so I thought it would be interesting to bring into the studio a special person who could shed some insight and speak to so many facets of the story I just shared uh, with you. And so without uh, further ado, I want to introduce uh, Madison Chase. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Madison from her bio. She is a Juilliard and School of American Ballet classically trained ballerina. Madison is the world's first and only three-time ESPN Miss Fitness Champion. I feel like I could add echoes. Champion, champion, champion. <laughs> <laughs> there was three echoes for the three times. Uh, she's been seen on NBC, CBS, Fox, Access, Hollywood, BET, MTV, Oxygen, and others. Madison has a wide range of experience in radio, TV, print, and online media outlets. As a fitness writer... Her articles have been published in Eclipse Magazine, Euroweb, and Eclipse Magazine. Madison has appeared in magazines such as Oxygen, Muscle and Fitness, Hers, and Heart and Soul. She was also in an Adidas national commercial, along with Olympic gold medalist Maurice Green. Um, shout out to Maurice Green. Uh, she appeared on Fox's Kris Jenner show and in more than 450 fitness videos, infomercials, and fitness-related industry media. So for those consumers of that type of fitness, you owe your bodies to Madison. <laughs> um, Madison is a certified National Academy of Sports Medicine personal trainer, uh, NASM nutritionist, and 
do-it-yourself healthier living strategist. She has more than 10 years uh, training as a classical ballerina and as a personal trainer, Madison's clientele excuse me, includes entertainment industry executives, professional athletes, as well as Hollywood A-list celebrities such as Robert Pattinson for you Twilight and Batman uh, fans, uh, Chris Tucker, Tabitha Brown, Amber Riley, uh, Dancing with the Stars champ Lisa Ray McCoy, and Robin Latiker Johnson, Senior Program Director of OWN, NFL, and NBA Players. Welcome to the show, Madison. Are you ready to have some fun with us today? <laughs> I'm ready to have some fun, yes. Thank you. That was the best intro ever, so thank you for that. Hey, okay, so I am the best introducer of all time. <laughs> The podcast is over. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do something interesting on our program that we, we believe is unique. And at the end of the program, you will get the opportunity to name the episode that you have appeared on. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Um, Madison, did you also think that Black Swan was going to be a horror movie? <laughs> You know, I did not actually am a huge fan of Natalie Portman and I got a chance to do, which is not on my resume. I did a ton of uh, like red carpet interviews. And so I got a chance to interview Natalie Portman uh, for her movie that she did with Ashton Kutcher. Mm -hmm. I think it was called Friends with Benefits. Um, and I'm a huge Natalie Portman fan. And that movie was a bit surprising. Uh, I definitely did sign up. I'm not a huge like horror fan because I think sometimes real life can be scary enough. Sure, so sure. So I don't need to go be entertained by horror or something that feels like it doesn't feel good to my spirit or my peace. Okay. Um. So um. Yeah, I thought it was. I think I thought it was interesting. I did enjoy like you know watching some of like. Uh, I'm such a critic when it comes to like ballet and even just like track and field, you know, and watching commercials. And I was like, oh, that casting could have been better. Or maybe if they had someone who was like more experienced, sure, you know, maybe they could have done a better job at like casting, just like basic things. Right. But um, uh, I agree. I, I definitely didn't uh, anticipate that I was going to be watching a horror film. I knew it was going to have some kind of darkness, but I also think too, like, why does the black swan have to be the bad swan? Why can't the black swan ah, be the amazing, you know, black excellence? The, the you know what I'm saying? The heroine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, you said something interesting. So I am a bit of a critic when it comes to uh, watching, you know, anything that has a, uh, a legal spin on it yep. or or an athletic spin on it and, yeah. and i look at it and i'm always like that's not real that's not that's how it not goes true, right? and, and i actually judge actors when they're cast in a role and i see them perform something physically and i'm like come on you couldn't have got a guy that could shot an actual basketball you know <laughs> so yeah. or a stunt double for that moment so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm with you um so I've seen pictures of you and, and, and just as a practical matter, do you every day decide that you're going to count your six pack? and make sure that all of them are you still know, in place. I, I can say that the, the six pack is more like a, um, just, it might just be a flat pack. Like it's deflated just because, you know, COVID definitely, uh, I recently started, um, 
a vegan journey like five years ago. And, you know, I think no one anticipated what was happening in the world, what was going to happen in the world. And so the idea of managing stress, the idea of managing the unknown, you know, for me took a toll on me in a way that I hadn't anticipated because I was not really comfortable sure. going in the gym. And uh, I think, you know, just I could clearly work out at home because that's essentially what I started to do with a lot of my clients is do virtual training. Hmm. Uh, and I had stuff at home, but I just wasn't motivated. I wasn't motivated uh, to do a lot of things other than just kind of be self-reflective. Uh, and that's kind of the space that I've been in. Uh, but now that things are opening back up, hopefully I can get my uh, six pack back because it's more like a, a flat pack. Okay. <laughs> All of the six pack has been drinking. It's empty cans. At the moment. You say your, your experience is very common, I'm finding, because people during quarantine uh, did sit around and and modify a lot of their traditional habits, including exercise, including our nutrition intake. Um, mm -hmm. and, and had moments where they looked at themselves and found new parts and <laughs> said, well, what's that? You know, that didn't used to look like that. And that didn't used to fit like that. And these jeans before COVID fit a little different, you know? Um, so, so you're absolutely, uh, on point with that, but we have all the faith in the world in your ability to, to bounce back to hundred percent you. And uh, it sounds like you found a great way to pivot when you're talking about the virtual trainings that you've been able to provide. Yeah, I have. But I also, so for my birthday, I got a, I thought it was a German Shepherd puppy because I wanted to, I want to start doing marathons. And so I've done more like recreational things. Like, you know, I really enjoy playing golf. Um, so I've been doing a lot of golfing and taking golf lessons because again, it's, you know, it's out in the open, you're walking on the course. And so um, I had an opportunity to play at the Four Seasons, which was really cool. Like, it was, you know, Tiger, I, that's the first place I saw Tiger Woods play. And so wow. to be able to play on that course, I wasn't ready, but <laughs> yeah. I essentially, you know, I had an opportunity to play. So those are kind of the things, but um, my German Shepherd is actually a Belgian Malinois which I had no idea was a thing or was a dog. Yeah, I thought, you know, surely it's a German Shepherd, but uh, Belgian Malinois are actually, um, they're great police dogs. They can run up to 30 miles per hour. They need at least an hour a day, uh, 90 minutes, preferably of like exercise. So mm. uh, for me, she's been a good addition but she's also very challenging and i think for me you know i've always grown up with dogs but this is like the second dog that i've kind of like you know had on my own um i have a maltese poodle which is a smaller dog uh, and you know so i think that hopefully will kind of like be my incentive but again you know getting back in the gym definitely has been something that has kind of helped me but still also managing like one of the things i discovered about myself is that i am i'm b negative blood type right and so as a vegan most vegans eat a lot of avocados which is what i was doing had no idea and i think there's this blanket statement oh if i'm vegan I could lose weight. That's kind of like the new keto diet or the new diet of sorts. Okay. Uh, and I found that to not be true for myself. But with my B negative blood type, I, I eat avocados, but I don't necessarily like them. I know they're good for me, allegedly. But when I found out I was B negative, it um, the eat right for your blood type, not advocating for that book at all, but 
uh, in terms of the things that I naturally don't like, which are avocados and tomatoes, it says B negative blood type should not eat that those two items. And once I kind of like pulled back from that, I saw a difference in my body, but I am a huge advocate. Like not everything is going to work for everybody. Like for instance, this morning I had a friend call me and he was like, Hey, I'm trying to build more muscle. And I saw this thing on TikTok, and this person said that I should do a, B and C. And he was like, do you think that'll work for me? And I was like, let me tell you, that person doesn't know you. They don't know your genetic makeup. They don't know your background. They don't know anything about your metabolism. They don't know your blood type. So I was like, taking this blanket like snapshot of what you should or shouldn't be doing, you know, I was like, that isn't always advantageous, which is one of the biggest reasons why on my, you know, any social media platform, people are always like, Madison, why don't you do exercises? And, you know, why don't you show workouts? And I was like, I am not the person who wants to be responsible for the person who I don't know who's watching my video. Mm. And I think we sometimes have these lofty dreams of, ooh, I want to do this exercise that looks really cool. And, you know, I think sometimes we can end up doing more damage and doing more harm than we do good. So that was a long answer. but <laughs> No, no, no. It was a great answer because um, I, for, you know, personal experience, I have taken uh, the opportunity to look at videos of other fitness professionals and, and uh, you know, this is a dark secret, but because we're on a show where we reveal <laughs> secrets, uh -huh. um, there was a trainer who trained the Victoria's Secret models um, mm -hmm. and had a uh, suggestion for a uh, quad glute uh, exercise with some kind of an alternative lunge. Uh, and mm -hmm. this was, you know, touted as one of the go-to moves of that, you know, circuit. And I, and I said, huh, let me go in and try that. You know, <laughs> I tried it. I tried it one time. It worked. And like two weeks later, I totally forgot what the actual movement was. And I was on to something else, you know. But, but um, yeah, I think, I think people look to persons such as yourself and instantaneously want to mimic um, your movements uh, and, and things that you do to try to, you know, feel better about themselves and see results. So what kind of a nutritious, um, you know, uh, diet or, or lifestyle do you follow if you could get, get a little bit more into the vegan side of what you described? Uh, you know, for me, I, my biggest suggestion to anyone, I really would love for people to fire me as a trainer and then hire themselves. Right. Okay. Um, because I think ideally the thing that's going to work for you is creating accountability around the things that you struggle with. Right. And so I generally say to people, if you can't do it for the rest of your life, don't do it. Um, so if that is, you know, the Atkins, which I think is kind of like the new keto diet, um, like, I think those things can be great in short terms, like in short increments, but not for the rest of your life, right? And that's just me. And I think, unfortunately, we've been socialized to aspire to have things where people aren't even really considering us, right? And when I say us, I'm saying people of color, right? Okay. Um, and so oftentimes we take on these, these narratives and we kind of like, and for me, I, I equate it to, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Is it gonna stop a little bit of the bleeding? Yes, but is it going to stop you from dying? No. 
And so the thing is, you know, really understanding where you are individually and then finding someone that you could create a team around, starting with a healthcare practitioner that you trust, right? Hmm. Uh, and not a healthcare practitioner that's going to promote uh, things that could actually do more harm. Like, for instance, uh, my mom was taking some medication and you know, the doctor, of course, he was great and his bedside manner, manner was great. Um, and then after that, when we started to read the, the PI, the prescribing information, it said it could also cause this, it could cause this. And it was like, you know, cancer. It was like, you know, a heart attack, a stroke. And like, you know, all of these, like, I was like, wait, so you won't have a headache, but you, you possibly could, you know, like, I was like, sure. this is crazy. And so oftentimes I think one, as a person of color, finding a, a practitioner or a healthcare practitioner team that you could really trust is is like you know finding a, a person that you're going to be in relationship with for the rest of your life, whether that's a spouse, a husband, a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, or whatever, um, because there really is a personal relationship that has to happen. So you know, for me, I started just kind of like really honing in on you know some of the things that we've been taught. Um, about fitness and nutrition have been the things that are like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, like, you know, waist centers or, you know, the tea that helps you to go poop, you know, or the, the meal plan or the detox system where you're eating, you know, raw fruits and vegetables, but you're taking this thing that's going to help you go to the bathroom. But if you're not even continue to eat that way, then are you really detoxing or does that detox really help? And can you really detox your body? You know, if you've been eating three meals a day and you're 20 years old and you multiply how many meals is that? Like, can you really do a seven day detox and detox your body? So uh, for me, I really, I really encourage people to take a personal journey, right? And then assess where you are. Cause I think we are, we never want to be the villain in our own stories. We never want to be responsible for our part. And like, even me, like in this time, I had to be responsible. Like, wait, how did you gain 15 pounds? Yes, my boobs look amazing, but I got some other stuff around me that I'm like, mm, I would rather not have that. And so for me, even in all the knowing that I know, I was doing vegan ice cream. I was like, but it's vegan. I was doing vegan pizza, but I'm like, it's You're vegan. You're doing vegan in and bulk. I was you were doing vegan in bulk? I was doing <laughs> vegan in bulk, but a lot of vegan snacks. And I'm like, wait sure. a minute. This is why I've gained these 15 extra pounds mm -hmm. and why I really, you know, in the sedentary and then just kind of like really understanding what stress does to my body, what stress did in terms of like sleep and how all of those things are important in terms of, you know, your sleep, your nutrition and what your how you fuel your body. And I don't even say diet, I say fuel, like how are you fueling your body? Not just in terms of the things that you ingest, but also the things that you do for your spirit. And so for me, I've kind of shifted from focusing on just the physical body, because I think that's what we've been taught to do, focus on the exercise, the diet, but where, where are you taking your spirit and what are the things that you are allowing in your space and how are you allowing people to really speak over you and to you and, and what is your mindset like in terms of that, in terms of your health, but for me it's instead of going in outside in, I'm really focusing on um, inside out, right? Like starting with my spirit, then my mind, and then my body is last because I know there have been a lot of things that I've been trying to like, you know, kind of mask with, you know, in terms of my, 
my diet and the food, but I definitely am a firm believer. I think that's the one thing the industry got right that they're now starting to say is that 80% of how your body looks is what you eat, but I also think 80% of how your body actually, you know, takes on stress and, you know, social media can be very stressful. And I think sometimes we don't even consider that thing, right? And so sometimes taking a digital break Uh, And I think this time has been good for that, you know, in terms of like really being introspective and really kind of understanding where you are on your spiritual journey, on your mental and your mindset. And, you know, I think uh, mental health has been a conversation that people are really talking about now. But, you know, people love to say emotional eating, but that emotional eating starts with your spirit and it talks about, you know, where your mental health is and then we can get to the body. But for me, my personal journey of going vegan started with watching a bunch of docu-series mm. and uh, just being kind of like a mini journalist about my food. Like I read the labels for everything. I, I want to know where my, my food is coming from. And so it kind of inspired me to start growing my own uh, fruits and vegetables uh, because I didn't know, you know, and even like mushrooms, like, like I'm not a huge fan of mushrooms, but mushrooms should not be black, but we've kind of bought into this narrative like oh yeah this is how they look in the grocery store but the shelf life and and how things look you know in terms of like how were they transported on the truck and how long were they sitting in the warehouse before they actually made it to your grocery store is something that we don't actually consider so um my personal journey of getting to a vegan lifestyle started with me watching uh, forks over knife and fat sick and nearly dead and what the health and a ton of like these uh, docu series that really kind of do a a deep dive on where your food comes from. There's another one called Rotten and it kind of looks at the things that are actually in the grocery store and and kind of like you know some of the things that we don't consider like I think cacao uh, is one of those things like cocoa, chocolate, just kind of like some of the people that are sacrificing you know, for some of the things that we take, you know, for granted in terms of like our eating and how we eat them and how we consume them, but we don't think about on the other end of how they're actually produced and how people's lives are being, you know, ravaged and torn apart because of something that we like, oh, this is good. It tastes good. You know, even like I'm a huge, even though I'm in Texas, I am not, you know, I think uh, steak houses are really popular here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so because I've been doing a lot of, you know, finding like my vegan spots that I love here in, in, in uh, Texas has been uh, an interesting uh, journey and adventure for me. So I've enjoyed that part. But my personal journey, I think we all have to explore our personal journeys and what that what that's like. And so I'm not like, you know, telling anybody, oh, you should be vegan because of the animals. No, you should sure. be vegan because whatever that journey looks like for you. So um, I just share my journey and I'm not the person that's going to beat you over the head with you should do this because I'm not a huge advocate of just giving you a diet or a meal plan because this worked for me doesn't mean that it'll necessarily work for you. Your bio is amazing. Um, but I want to just comment on two things. You said, uh, one, I watched a documentary years ago called Supersize Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Michael Moore film. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the last time that I have had fast food. Uh, and it's been a number of years. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so I was certainly in, impacted in that way. And then one time I was in a grocery store. And I went to buy a pancake mix 
and uh, there was a little um, lady standing in the aisle and she was looking at the box of this pancake uh, mix that I'd never seen that box before. And she just turned to me randomly and said, do you know what this ingredient is? And uh, so I'm willing to engage in conversation. So I, yeah, no, uh, what, what is the ingredient? And then she proceeded to tell me about the uh, impact of that specific ingredient in the human body and why she was making sure that the products that she purchased didn't have certain things in it. And so um, I, you know, that's when we first started buying that pancake mix uh, in our home. Um, and so I, I certainly, anytime you can get information on the food intake um, that, you know, everybody has to eat at some point in their, you know, life, um, you know, make wise choices if you can, if you can. Um, so there's that. I looked uh, at your bio, as I, as I alluded to earlier, and I saw a couple things that jumped out at me immediately. So most people know very little about Juilliard. Can you tell us what is Juilliard? Uh, you know, from what I understand, Juilliard, Juilliard is kind of like the, the pinnacle of like performing arts. Mm -hmm. um, it is essentially the place like the Mecca, like, you know, I know Viola Davis has studied at Juilliard. Um, so they have performing arts, right? And so I, uh, attended a summer program with uh, the School of American Ballet. Uh, so I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, I would not compare myself to someone like, you know, um, uh, Viola Davis, who graduated from Juilliard. I attended a summer program and it was, you know, the culmination of, you know, being a, a ballerina. Like the one thing I can apply my mother for is she, notice something about me. I used to be super, super shy. Mm -hmm. uh, but the one thing that uh, I would light up whenever there was music, like music was really kind of like my first love. And so music kind of inspired me to, to move and express myself and dance. Uh, and I used to be super, super skinny uh, in Texas. And if, you know, you you live here in Texas, and so you know that that's not always <laughs> ideal. Yeah, that's You're right. like, oh, you need some meat on your bones. That's right. You know, Have a cow. <laughs> Have a cow. Yeah. Um, and I actually love cows. Like I would, I don't, I don't want to eat them. I want to, you know, have them as, you know, pets or sure. have a farm with some cows. So I'm definitely not interested in eating them. Um, but yeah, so I think growing up for me as a super shy, super skinny, you know, little girl, um, you know, in Texas is is it wasn't ideal. So my mom found that you know I love to dance, and so um, I found myself you know in really great programs. Like I went to a private school, and that kind of you know transitioned me into you know being able to study. Like I studied dance um, from the time that I was maybe 10. I, I first got my, I got a six-year scholarship, and that's an interesting story, a six-year scholarship to Fort Worth Ballet, uh, and that has kind of like a, you know, a, I don't know, a hero from, you know, like being told that I, I, I would never be a dancer to being discovered, you know, out of hundreds of th uh, 300 little girls auditioning for the Nutcracker. Like I was picked out of, you know, I think it was like maybe 10 or 11 people of this apprenticeship for the Fort Worth Ballet. Wow. 
Um, and then I did that. And then I had a really great dance teacher named Gail Corkery, who essentially was like, you know, my advocate for putting me in spaces that often didn't have faces that look like mine um, from going to a private school. And then that kind of led me to like every summer from the time that I was like maybe 10 uh, to 16, I would go somewhere and train um, for ballet. So I studied at um, Houston Ballet. Then I went to Juilliard was one. Uh, for School of American Ballet. Mm -hmm. And then I also went to um, Interlochen, which is like in Michigan, which is like a year round school, but I had an opportunity to go there. And then before I graduated high school and went to college, I danced professionally with um, a dance uh, theater called Dallas Black Dance Theater. Uh, and I got a chance to go to uh, Lima, Peru, and I was supposed to go to Italy. Uh, but that didn't happen. There was, you know, <laughs> a duel between my high school and, and then Dallas Black Dance Theater. And um, yeah, which is interesting because I, I was getting paid as a dancer, uh, but my high school wanted me to pay to go to uh, some festival. Of course, I was, you know, I was a very uh, accomplished dancer in, in high school mm -hmm. in um, Arts Magnet, downtown Dallas, which, you know, we have some recognizable names like Erica Badu and Nora Jones and Roy Hargrove or some of the, you know, people who actually graduated from my high school. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my explanation of Juilliard. Like, I think it's I, the one person that I, I used to love Mikhail Baryshnikov growing up. Like I was not, I didn't watch a lot of television. I read tons of books when I was little. Um, so I was a ferocious reader mm -hmm. and I didn't, uh, you know, all I knew was ballet. So I got a chance to meet Rudolph Noriev, uh, who was like one of the apprentices, uh, the one of the principal dancers for uh, uh, School of American Ballet at the time. And so, you know, th that was my world, but I broke my ankle and I oh, wow. uh, had to have major surgery. And then after that, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm good with this dancing because I've done it for, you know, from the time that I was five to 17. And so dancers' lives are pretty short in terms of their career. And uh, I knew if I wanted to dance, I would have to move to New York. And I wasn't quite ready to, to go to New York. I think I was over it by that time. And that's why I got into fitness, which is kind of how... I got into fitness um, because dancers are kind of vain about their bodies and how they function and how they feel. So and that's how I got into fitness. Most most of us, including uh, myself, have known very little about uh, ballet and, and what what dancers go through. And I know you're classically trained. And you know the last example that I can recall ever having of ballet training. Uh, came from John Wick 3, <laughs> where there was a, an assassin Russian lady who was training uh, the ballet dancers through some very interesting techniques, which we hope you didn't go through as a ballet dancer. I'm going to have uh, to watch John Wick 3. I don't yes. know what those interesting techniques are. But, you know, dancers have, a, especially ballerinas, like watching, you know, very accomplished dancers like... Um, Michaela um, and Michaela Prince, I think is her name, and uh, Misty Copeland, uh, but Michaela, like her, she's so super talented. Mm. Um, there's so many other like amazing dancers, but you know, the thing that I thought was so interesting growing up, like I have a friend, of course, you know, tons of my friends put their little girls in, in ballet and I'm such an advocate of, you know, little brown girls need little brown tights and brown ballet shoes to match their little brown legs. And 
uh, I think I had a disagreement with one of my best friends in college. Uh, our, her daughter, of course, is, you know, oftentimes you're the only little brown face in, in the space. And sure. so I was like, you have to really start instilling, you know, that sense of self because you're always going to show up and be the brown little girl. And so uh, you there are only so many things that we could assimilate to do. And uh, our brown skin is is not one of them. Right. And so. I was a huge advocate. I was like, I'm going to send her some brown tights and some brown ballet shoes because they need to know, she needs to know that, you know, she should be proud of being brown. Right. You know, being the only one in that space that could, you know, really kind of uh, stand out in a way that others can't. So, yeah, Yeah. interesting. You mentioned the uh, transition then once you decided that it was time to uh, move on from ballet into fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about, well, or a lot <laughs> about, um, your ESPN competitions. Okay. Tell us about what that experience was like. What did you do there? And, and, and uh, bring us into your world there. So I started competing in fitness competitions and the reason why I am the world, this is a great question. Uh, the competitions that I used to do, the uh, Miss America competition used to be on ESPN mm. and ESPN2. And um, they would have, you know, like many competitions on on television where we would compete. And uh, it wasn't just like, oh, the, the swimsuit competition. Of course, that was a part of it. Um, which is very subjective now, <laughs> but you know, nonetheless, I love that there was some kind of, uh, like we had to do one arm pushups and we had to do, uh, you know, just more like strength, balance and agility. But of course my, my dance background uh, played a major role in terms of, you know, me wanting to get back to that creative side uh, and that uh, side of competition in terms of not necessarily competing against other people, but competing against myself. So essentially the reason why I'm the world's only three-time ESPN Miss Fitness Champion is that that competition is no longer televised anymore. They okay. still have the competition, but it's not televised anymore. So um, I was able to win it like three times, you know, uh, which was pretty cool um, for me uh, because I just started competing in fitness competitions. But I do believe that my background in dance definitely helped me, um, you know, because I remember doing fuetes, which is where you're like, you're doing a, a turn, but one leg is kind of essentially leading you out to make the turn. Um, and so uh, I remember doing that and I remember the judges like, wow, we can see her dance background, mm. you know, with those fun days, whoever. And other girls were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> classically much. trained ballerinas, a, Rus- a Russian assassin ballerina. trained this girl. <laughs> I love it. But, you know, I think that background also helped me when I first moved to Los Angeles because I was able to mimic a lot of things. And the other thing. I wish I would have had more of like a male influence because I probably would have ended up being a track star because I ran while I was going to a private school here. I ran track. I wouldn't practice with them, but I would just get out there and run and, you know, 
it was a predominantly uh, it was a private school, so it was it was pretty small. And so in terms of me breaking records, I think I broke the the long jump record because one of the things I was really great at is jumping. Like I was okay. a good jumper. Do you so, remember how far that jump was? remember i broke the record okay uh, i'm curious to see where where they are now but i wish i would have uh kind of really explored that avenue more sure. um uh and i almost tried to run on the track team uh in college and go on as like a run on but you know again nobody really was kind of like hey have you thought about um, you know, so I didn't even consider it. And I didn't even know that that was like a profession that I could have been a, a professional track runner. And I wish someone had told me that because I totally would be overseas right now running track. <laughs> hey, that's a, it's a good life. We, uh, we, yeah. are, we are indoctrinated in the world of track and field. So I, uh, I think that you probably would have been fantastic at anything. I mean, this, let me take you inside of the production meeting of what happened at ESPN that you probably don't know about. This is, of course, in my mind, so. Yeah. <laughs> the production team got together after the third trophy was delivered and said, Hank, John, there's no need to continue <laughs> putting these out. This woman will come back every year and win. We need to move on to something else. <laughs> so you, you shut the lights out in, in Georgia, as they say. It was the over and done after you. That's great. I love it. I uh, love it. So you moved on to L.A. Mm -hmm. and and uh, talk about that 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 transition from Texas to L.A. Uh, you know, I am definitely a um, a southern girl in terms of, you know, being raised in church and, you know, very. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say strict, but more like sheltered, right? And so I had these ideas of, you know, some of the things that, you know, people tell you when you when you move to a, a new city, you should find a good church home. And so I, I, I did that. And um, in addition to finding a, a good church home, I also found um, a sports commercial agent. So my sports commercial agent um, you know, that's how I booked the commercial with Maurice Green mm -hmm. because instantly um, I had a sprinter's body, which is interesting because I love to do sprints. Like that was part of my workout. Like I would sprint on a treadmill, take it up to 10, take the incline up like I was. And then I had one of my really good friends from college was a scout for an NFL team. And so he would spit, send me like their sprint training programs. And then before I moved to L.A., I was working with, you know, a ton of um, professional athletes, mainly in the NFL and some in the NBA. Uh, and so just kind of like working with them, it gave me kind of like more of like an athletic kind of interest in terms of you know so I didn't grow up I grew up in a single parent home so sports was not huge for me sure. um so kind of really understanding you know what that world was like to me uh one of the things that I enjoyed uh about training uh professional athletes is that it's a different kind like I don't have to talk to you about your diet I don't have to talk to you about your food because you clearly are burning so many calories, you know, in whatever sport you're doing, whether it's tennis, uh, whether it's, you know, and the NFL or NBA, um, the amount of energy that you're exerting, which I think is interesting too, because so many times people take 
we try to take things from the professional sports world and apply them to everyday people, but it's not really applicable. Like, you know, um, the swimmer, uh, Ryan, um, Ryan, yeah, Lofty, Mm -hmm. like people are like, oh yeah, you know, he swims and he can eat whatever he wants. Yes, he can eat whatever he wants, but that doesn't apply to you or anyone else because you're not doing the same thing. Like, you know, when people say, oh, I want a body like Serena Williams, I can't do what Serena Williams is doing or Venus for that matter, because I'm not burning the same amount of calories. I don't have the same muscle distribution. Uh, But my transition to LA was interesting um, because I had a great sports agent. I had a great community of people um, that I met. um, I met the young lady and her mother when I was going to a film festival in Acapulco that is now called, it used to be called the Acapulco Black Film Festival, but now it's called the American Black Film Festival. And it's typically in, um, I think it's typically in Miami now. Uh, and Jeff Friday and his beautiful wife started this this great, um, um, just a venue to like really explore and celebrate uh, Black filmmakers, Black creators. And uh, I had a chance to take uh, an acting class from Bill Duke. Uh, and so because I met this wonderful young lady and her mom, and actually I was supposed to go with a friend and she ended up dropping out and she was like, oh, I can't go. And I was like, cool, I'm out, <laughs> I'll see you. Uh, when I get back. So because I think I ended up meeting Hill Harper, I ended up meeting a ton of like really, you know, world renowned kind of like, you know, people who are iconic in Black Hollywood for us um, during that time. And so um, I think Hill Harper was very generous when I first moved to LA and he introduced me to his trainers and he was like, you should train at this gym and just really uh, being friendly. And there was a, a sense of community um, that, you know, I got initially when I moved to LA. That's great. Uh, and so, um, you know, finding clients and getting more clients and then being able to, uh, just kind of meet people. And, uh, I met Chris Tucker, uh, through a really good friend of mine. And then I met, you know, just, it was all kind of like kismet. And I got Robert Patterson just from somebody reaching out to me saying, Hey, we're working on this little film. Would you be interested in training the star? I'm like, uh, yeah, absolutely. And so that's how I met him. And so, so when it's been an interesting ride. When something like that happens, you get a call um, from mm-hmm. a, uh, Robert Pattinson or, or Chris Tucker shows up. And, did, mm-hmm. and do they have a specific project in mind that they're um, wanting to fit the bill for? So, for example, Batman. Um, Robert mm-hmm. Pattinson, now he's, you know, more an action-adventure character. Um, mm-hmm. Do they give you the, the details on the look they're going for and you work towards that? Or, or how does that work for you? Oh, well, I think it definitely depends on the film. It depends on the budget. It depends on all of those things. Uh, so with someone like Robert, like this was before he was the Robert we know today. And so essentially they just wanted him to be in, in good shape. Okay. Um, and so I was kind of like the foundation of sure he had while he was on set. I'm sure he had other trainers and probably like a team of trainers and a team of people to help him with the fight scenes. And so I wasn't a part of that journey, um, but I was a part of like, you know, the very first film that he did mm-hmm. um, before Twilight really, really grew up. Um, and then with Chris, it was, you know, kind of 
more recently, maybe like the last five years and, you know, of course, traveling and, and living a good life. And, you know, for a while, Chris was doing a lot of philanthropic uh, endeavors. And so I got an opportunity to work with him. But he was always funny because I would love what I can tell. Well, I would train him at his home and I could tell when he didn't want to do anything because he would start playing basketball. He's like, yeah, Madison, you make some shots. And I'm like, I don't want to make shots. He knew I was not a good basketball player at all. So sure. he knew how to kind of distract me. And uh, Amber was uh, a really great client as well. And I think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because there were some things that I did were a little unconventional because I really wanted to create accountability around, you know, for life and her world. So I would always mm -hmm. invite, hey, bring your best friend to your workout with you. Bring your sister to your workout with you. Bring your mama to the workout with you because I was hoping to create this community for her, of, you know, people that will hold her accountable. And I don't know uh, that any, you know, other trainers have kind of made that same kind of offer. But I, I knew, you know, people always say, oh, it's got to be a lifestyle. And I'm like, you can't really create a lifestyle unless you're holding people accountable or allowing people to hold you accountable for whatever that lifestyle looks like for you individually. So that was kind of my transition. I know that's a long answer too. I'm, I'm very long-winded. I'm no, sure no. your sister told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's all great information. And, and so when you're handling a celebrity personality, mm -hmm. do you have to make modifications into how you approach them as a person? Um, yeah, I, I'm seeing you nodding your head. Let's hear no, about that. No, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's, that's such a great question um, because I think I really am the person because I have a background in, in, in sales and IT sales and pharmaceutical sales. I really look at the person individually, right? And mm -hmm. I really try to put myself in that person's place. And I'm really very prayerful about, you know, what things I should and shouldn't say and really try to consider, um, you know, being an entertainer and being in Hollywood and being in LA, like it's a whole different animal. So really kind of understanding what their world kind of looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's always interesting when people ask me, hey, can you hook me up with this person? It's a very fragile kind of relationship and fine line. And so oftentimes like I have a, a friend that you know didn't necessarily turn into a client but of course like the heart of me always wants to to help um you know people get to whatever that healing journey looks like for them because it looks completely different for everybody depending on what your story is what your experience is what you grew up with in the household and how we have these relationships with food and how our parents have relationships with food and we tend to adapt those kind of similar things and so I think, you know, working with um, celebrities and especially black celebrities, because it's completely different, you know, in terms of like access, in terms of, you know, the pay scale. Like I, I've heard Viola Davis say it a couple of times, you know, she's the black Meryl Streep, but in terms of her pay, it doesn't quite look the same. And mm. so, um, you know, sometimes you have, you know, celebrities like you don't ever really know. And I never tried to put myself in someone else's pocket. Right. Like, oh, well, they're a celebrity and they make this so I could charge this, sure. da, 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 you know, so I would never 
do that. Like my rate is my rate. Well, um, your rate has just gone up after you appeared on this program. Just so you know, <laughs> I mean, just to make it clear. I love it for I everyone in America. <laughs> um, I definitely love it. I will definitely take it. So I, I, I think you know, to your point. Um, you know, relationships are different. Like, and I think the thing about personal training, it is very personal. And I don't think people realize, you know, when you're working with someone one-on-one, like I've recently had to be very mindful because, you know, I've had some clients that didn't necessarily work out as I anticipated, but then I, you know, I realized that they were doing things like trying to undercut me, like they were, you know, not a person of their word. And, you know, some of the things that they were doing and saying, I was like, and when I look back on, I'm like, dude, would I really want to spend my personal time with them and my personal space with them? Probably not. Uh, And so here lately, I've, I've found myself being, because it is such an intimate space that I found myself not like firing some of my clients, like mm, your energy, your like what your, I, I like my peace. I like <laughs> so. Certainly, there you, are you're, sometimes you're where saying I something fire that's people. that's quite interesting because I think um, when I was a young attorney, uh, I didn't have the autonomy to just mm-hmm. you know get a celebrity client and say no, thank you. Um, yep. But I do now, and mm-hmm. and and what I'm hearing from you, it's a it, it is a refreshing. Um, existence, um, mm-hmm. because you have that ability. You've you put in the work. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what's important to you. And guarding yep. your energy certainly is one of those things. Um, because as we come into contact with different people, we do leave something and take something from that exchange. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that's great that that's where you're at. Uh, mm-hmm. Letting people know that you were coming means that people send me questions that people want to know about you. So we're going to do a bit of a rapid fire questions for you and see how the uh, soup is made when it all comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is your dating status? Yeah, we hit you hard right away. We don't pull any punches on. (laughs) You know, I am single. Okay. We'll talk about that later, but yes, I'm single. Okay, for the next time you come, we want the full story, okay? (laughs) Um, And, well, this is a follow-up to that. Is there a maximum or minimum body fat of a potential spouse you would consider? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, so I am not, it's so funny because I was telling a friend of mine, there's not a max or minimum, right? Like, it's really... I'm more focused on how do you treat me? Okay. Um, You're so kind. How do you honor me? And then how do you honor the women in your life? Do you how do you treat your mother? How do you treat your sisters? Do you admire them? Do you cherish them? Do you, you know, or do you listen to them? Do you acknowledge, you know, a lot of things that, you know, we may not be able to say in words sometimes. So um, sure. I'm more focused on the heart of the person uh, than I am the body fat, uh, but also, you know, just kind of like doing my homework. Like I'm a journalist through and through, and I, I've realized that about myself. Like I do my homework on people now, and so, you know, that's. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to talk. No, about no, no. That's a <laughs> good. A- no, that's a good answer. That's a very <laughs> kind answer. Don't yeah. ask the question in reverse. My answer will be controversial. Um, <laughs> is it hard to impress you in the gym? Yes, 
I would say so because I'm I'm not I think a lot of guys in particular do the the things that you know they think are impressive to other guys right like I don't care how much weight can you lift I care what's your cardio like hmm. you know can you run without huffing and puffing you know I care about what's your heart like so if we are in a in a situation that causes your heart rate to go up. Can you handle it, you know, sure. uh, long term? So th those are the things I care about. I don't necessarily care. I think guys lift weights for other guys. Like, hmm. like it's a competition. Women don't care about that. I, I like guys with nice legs. And I think that's often the part that the guys kind of like miss. Like, oh, I need the big muscles and the, you know, of course, shoulders are nice. I care about, you know, shoulders like symmetrical shoulders but you know in terms of like the the other parts i think that's um also so you haven't met you haven't met my friends we walk in the gym we moonwalk to impress <laughs> 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 we're I gonna be it. original the whole time uh, <laughs> <laughs> um what are your uh give us two of your favorite go-to exercises your favorites my favorite go-to exercises are exercises that you could do with the least amount of time working the largest muscle groups at the same time. It's funny, my clients, I was like, Madison, why do you always like to work legs? I was like, because not only is it a leg workout, but it's also a cardiovascular workout too, mm. because your heart has got to pump harder to get that blood to those legs. So, okay. Uh, you know, it's like a two for one. Great, great. What are your thoughts on recovery drinks? I'm sorry, on energy drinks? Um, energy drinks, I think, uh, again, like I'm, I'm like, what's in it? Like there are only okay. a couple of things that, um, you know, I generally recommend to my clients, depending on, you know, if you're a woman, if you're, you know, potentially pregnant, like all of those things matter, you know, what's your blood type, what is your hormonal level, like all of that stuff is important. But for me, I generally only recommend a couple of things that your body actually naturally make. Um, so I'm into like is as vegan and or as organic as it could possibly be. Um, and then definitely reading the ingredients. So do I like energy drinks? Mm, I think I've tried one energy drink. I won't name the names because I, you know, you I'm not going to put anybody on You need a check to name the name. <laughs> <laughs> I would text you. Uh, but the one thing that it did for me, like I'm very sensitive to like, I don't drink coffee because coffee does nothing to me. It's like drinking tea or something hot, but it doesn't, you know, people are like, oh, I need my coffee in the morning. Sure. It does absolutely nothing for me. Um, but I will do uh, a good uh, apple cider vinegar uh, tea with like three teaspoons of apple cider vinegar with some honey, uh, even though that's not vegan, but that's one of the issues, vegan issues things that I, I do um, think that honey has medicinal properties that, you know, I will do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I think if you if you are eating and fueling your body in a way that um, is good for your heart, then the energy drinks are not necessary. Okay. That's kind of my my line of thinking. But uh, in terms of um, what you can take, I do believe in, you know, doing things for recovery to help your muscles recover. I do believe in that. How do you recover? Uh, I, uh, for me, I, I, 
I'm a huge advocate of branch chain amino acids because your your body, I think it, it helps your body recover. Mm. Uh, I do Epsom salt baths. I love doing Epsom salt baths. I love using, um, instead of using like Bengay or anything when your muscles are sore, uh, I use Arnica, which is like a natural kind of um, Bengay and uh, definitely like any kind of like CBD uh, kind of a product or oil that's, you know, depending on what your job is, because some people can't do um, CBD. I'm not advocating for that. Like but a federal my... judge, <laughs> <laughs> airline <laughs> pilot. Right, right. Depending yeah, on what heart your surgeon. Job is. Oh, I'm just right. having some CBD. I'll be right there, right. sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm not advocating it at all. Like, you're asking me my personal uh, I understand. Yeah. I understand. We are not applying these to the masses. Um, yes. You can give us the name of an actor or actress that you would love to work with. Mm, that's a great question. Um, I would say Kelly Clarkson. Mm. I really, I think she's a Texas girl. And I, I see that, like, I love that Hollywood hasn't changed her. It hasn't changed. Like when, when she laughs, I, I really think that it's a genuine laugh. And, you know, she could fool me. There's only been a couple of people. Uh, I got a chance to kind of, uh, spot Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and so I definitely want to work with him again. So I would say Dwayne and, and Kelly Clarkson; those are my like my top two. Awesome. Um, as a TV host, you once asked Richard Branson about going into space. Is that something that you would really like to do? <laughs> no, you know what? I think Richard. Uh, it was so cool to like you know actually meet him to. To interview him was, you know, pretty cool. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I don't know that I'm interested in going into space. I think I'd, I'd rather, you know, talk to the people who've gone and say, hey, how was it? Uh, mm. Like, no, I don't know that I'm really interested uh, in going to space. I'm, so, I'm really interested in people taking care of this planet. That's okay. what I'm really interested in. I'm really interested in like, oh yeah, let's just, you know, throw trash here and, you know, let's not care about the carbon monoxide. Let's not do any of that. And then, oh yeah. And then let's go try to find another planet because we've messed this one up. Sure. Um, so, yeah. so let me give you a different perspective on the answer that I anticipated from you. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the ventriloquist thing I'll here. <laughs> so flying into space, I think is approximately a million dollars. Is it a million? I, I believe so. I believe so. At the front door. I believe so. Now, uh, in watching that interview, I think what I saw was a free invitation from Richard Branson for you to take that trip. Now, if that's true, that, I'm not sure if it's a verbal contract or just a handshake deal. <laughs> but you take that flight, come back and tell us how it was. If it's free. Man. I mean, if it were free, because I was like, hey, do you take checks? Exactly. It might not be a I'm gonna, good check. I'm going to post date this <laughs> for 2057. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. But that's, that's a good question. Great question. You've interviewed The Rock, Mary J. Blige. I'm, I'm in your, I'm in the TV side of your bio yeah, right now. Okay, I love sorry. It. Uh, you interviewed The Rock, Mary J. Blige, Viola Davis, Colin Farrell, Chris Jenner, Cedric the Entertainer. Um, were those and, and and others, of course, but were those moments nervous for you? You know, I can say out of all of those moments, 
I generally, I'm just curious, right? I'm curious about um, people in general. And uh, I think Dwayne has been, there have been two people that, you know, I've never been like, I, I told you, I grew up as a ballerina, right? And yes. so for me, the people that I admired, but like Judith Jameson, um, you know, um, the Dance Theater of Harlem director, you know, the founder of the Dance Theater of Harlem. So these were like the people, like when I met Judith Jameson, I was like, oh my God, it's Judith, ah, you know. Sure. When I met Debbie Allen, I was like, oh my God, it's Debbie Allen, she's from fame. And so these were the people that I would be nervous about, right? Uh, and so I think I've never been a person like, oh, can I get your autograph? I've never been that person. And I always saw myself as just as important. Like these are people, they just have different jobs. Um, and, you know, they just, you know, what they do for a living is completely different. So I think because I've had that perspective, mm -hmm. I've never been nervous to meet anyone because okay. I believe that we're all people and we're all on a journey. And do I admire people who do great things with their platform, like Justin Baldoni uh, of Jane the Virgin, who I also had a chance to interview. I admire people who do things beyond themselves and beyond their platform to help make other people's lives better. Uh, and so those people, you know, I admire uh, the most. So I, I was never nervous. Mm. Uh, I think Dwayne, I was probably like, he was such, I was like, I was telling somebody, I was like, he's that kind of guy. When people say they have it, to me, the it that he had was this thing where like, if he was talking to you, he would make you feel like you're the only person in the room. Mm. And I don't know, and I could literally say that when I saw him, like I would see him all the time in the gym. And then when I saw him for that interview, like I was with an outlet, you know, and I'm sure you'll, you'll get this as well. When you're with an outlet that people don't necessarily recognize, you're always at the end of the carpet. And so when, <laughs> when, you know, celebrities are doing premieres or, you know, even press junkets, they'll generally start at the very, you know, top with like, you know, the recognizable names of Entertainment Tonight, sure. you know, Access Hollywood, they'll start with those. And they may get to, you know, where where I was sometimes, which is the, the outlets that, even though it was owned by Maria Menounos uh, at the time, um, who was on E!, it's still like, because I had a personal relationship and I saw Dwayne's friend and I was like, hey, can you tell Dwayne I'm here? And so he literally comes down and, you know, before the interview, like, wait, why did you, why did he come here and he specifically talked to you? But he was just the nicest guy. So to answer your question, I've never been super nervous to interview anybody just mm -hmm. because I've always done my homework on the person. Sure. and. You know, I've always just looked at it like just being curious about this person and, and some of the things and trying to discover some of the things that people may have not thought to ask because they've been asked the same questions a million times. So um, for me, it was always just a curiosity about this person and, and who they are and, and sharing and shedding. Like even when I interviewed Ava DuVernay, my intent was if people want to get to this place that you are, cause she started off as a publicist and now she's this amazing director. And I was like, what are three tips that you would give anyone that wants to be in the position that you're in? And I know one of her answers was writing thank you letters. And I'm like, wow. And so that was like, 
all of my interviews are really like, how can I use this moment to inspire other people sure. um, beyond just the stuff that they do that we know them for? Um, so, you, so you asked a question, which is one of the questions that we like to get out of our guests. <laughs> um, and that is some advice for those people who are now hearing you for the first time or even people who mm -hmm. are familiar with you. You've, you've um, been a uh, ballet dancer. You've been a television host. Uh, or you still are. You've been a writer and you still are. You are a fitness trainer uh, to celebrities and professional athletes. You've, you have so many different facets of success uh, mm -hmm. that you've carved in this uh, uh, diamond uh, uh, that, that is the uh, resume that you've, you've, you've built, your life experiences. Mm -hmm. Give us um, some words of advice for people who may want to venture into paths that you have already um, been. Um, I would definitely say, you know, in terms of advice for whatever it is that you want to do, um, one research as much as you can, you know, pros and cons and, uh, be open to, um, mentors and not just the mentors who have found success in that particular area that you want to go in, but mentors, um, you know, from people that you probably wouldn't even anticipate that could potentially be your mentor. Uh, Cause I've had mentors who aren't necessarily doing the thing that I want to do, but they've had life experiences uh, that could speak to just setting me up in terms of like financially and uh, just doing business. So I think whatever business you're in or whatever it is that you're trying to do, I think the most important thing is, is having a very solid foundation. Uh, and then, of course, for what you do, I definitely think um, having a representation, legal representation, because one of the things that I've seen so often is that people will sell whatever it is, their intellectual property, they'll sell their um, you know, product or service. Uh, and not have really good legal representation in terms of like signing deals or uh, what do those deals actually look like, you know, long term. Um, so I think that's super important. And reading the terms and conditions for whatever it is you're trying to do, hmm. whatever app you're on, like reading the terms and conditions, I think is super important. Um, and then just moving forward and, and setting goals and essentially making sure that you have a, a team of people who are one, going to hold you accountable and to um, help you reach those goals. So I think the team is important and family, right? You know, family or friends. And sometimes the family we're given isn't always ideal, you know, to support your dream. So finding the people who are going to support you is super important. And then making sure that you do whatever you can in communication and conflict resolution is super important um, because I think oftentimes that's the skill set that we're not taught. We're not taught how to resolve conflict, you know, and I think oftentimes in our community, it's either fight or flight. Um, and sometimes, you know, those aren't the best options for, you know, really maintaining uh, friendship and business relationship because it all starts with the foundation of uh, friendship. So those are kind of the things that I could think of like off the off the top of my head, but also making sure that you take care of your spirit, mind and body in that order. Because I think once we do that, um, you know, whatever it is you want to achieve is, is possible. 
That's wonderful. Um, is there anything that's going on around you right now that you'd like to share? Like, what is the breaking news surrounding your life that we we should know about? Um, the breaking news, of course, you know, it's the first of the year, and I think it's it's coming to that place where, of course, people are going to start. Uh, to want to do something different. So, um, you know, in terms of like changing their body from the outside. And so I'm working on a, a program called Gimme 15 System, where you start with basically the micro habits and eventually turn them into micro living, uh, macro living. And so um, essentially that's going to be coming out on my, uh, I'll be talking about it on my Instagram page and my social media play page. And then I'm uh, starting a blog called Madison on the Chase. Okay. And basically, it's it's a chase for like faith, uh, fitness, and food, and uh, love, <laughs> and relationships. Because I am single, uh, and I am curious about you know what makes a healthy relationship. Um, I think that's super important. Uh, and then adventure. You know, I'm a huge advocate for golf, so I'll probably be doing some uh, golf resorts because I love that it's kind of out in the open. So whatever. Mm -hmm your um, status is and being vaccinated, not vaccinated, um, there's enough social distancing, you know, on the golf course where you don't necessarily have to be, you know, in close proximity um, with someone. So yeah, adventure and travel. And uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. What are your social media handles? And then if there's a website you could share with us, that'd be great as well. Yeah, so uh, I have a website, MadisonChaseFitness.com, but that is going to be revamped by the first of the year. And uh, but I'm on Instagram at Madison Chase Fitness um, Inc. Uh, my Instagram was hacked uh, by someone that I know, but that's a whole other story. Mm. Um, uh, last year, <laughs> but wow. uh, Madison Chase Fitness Inc. It used to be Madison Chase Fitness. I just got that name back. Uh, but I had to add the ink once it was hacked. Um, and so I'm uh, Madison Chase Fit on Twitter and then Madison Chase Fitness on YouTube and Facebook, pretty much everywhere. TikTok, LinkedIn, Madison Chase Fitness or Madison Chase Fit, depending on how many characters you could have. To the person who hacked you, we can send Batman. Uh, the Rock, uh, any of the NFL folks <laughs> that you know, well, down you to, know to solve that crime. There's going to be some legal uh, repercussions. Okay. So okay. I'll, I'll be talking to you uh, about that. After sure, <laughs> certainly, certainly. I'm the guy. Uh, um, so, what would you like to name this episode that you've appeared on now that you've had some time to uh, contemplate? Ooh. Mm -hmm. um, that's a great question. Yeah, see, we, uh, we have ways to vest people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I definitely think it's, it's Madison on the chase because I feel okay. like I'm, a, you know, I'm in pursuit of a lot of things and I, and I, I want to use, uh, you know, my, my journey. Not to uh, say that you should do what I do, but also just inspire people to, to take their own journey. Cause I really think that that's ultimately how your, your life really changes, right? Like I went to, um, Africa with a friend of mine that has a school and, you know, so many people when we got back, it was like a group, a missionary group and people like, Oh, my life changed. I'm like, but did it really like, did mm -hmm. your life really change? And what does change really look like in your life? So really, you know, being on the uh, the pursuit of being honest about, you know, what does change really look like for you? Um, and because I, I do believe that, you know, 
having worked in in pharmaceutical sales that it's um it's kind of like a um a culmination of of things and so you know change really has to be changed and so if it's really not changed for you in the long term or even short term for that matter does it really change so yeah, I'm on the chase and the pursuit for a lot of things. And really my goal is to kind of shift people's paradigm about what they think about fitness and, you know, getting a trainer and diets and sure. all of that, you know, stuff that we've been socialized to think and, and doing it from, you know, the outside in versus the inside out, because I think the outside in will give you, uh, you know, short-term results, you know, the, the, the challenges, the diets, this, the, that, the, that, the teas and the waist centers and all that stuff, it'll give you short-term results. Uh, but by focusing on the spirit and the mind first, then eventually your body is going to follow. I think that's where we see real lifestyle changes. And so my goal is to get people to fire me. And hire you. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you are officially fired. You're, I'm officially fired. You're, you're, you have a great name for marketing. Madison Thank Chase, you. Madison on the chase. There's not a lot you can do with Kigundu that I can have, have been able to creatively come up with, but I promise you will hear uh, my, my thoughts on um, marketing with that Kigundu last name at some point in the near future. I'm going to think about something. <laughs> okay. I might have something up my sleeve. That's my degree, marketing. Um, we have two questions that we ask every person as well, and I didn't quite share this with you, but I'm showing it with you now. Um, the first question is, who would you like to see on this program now that you've experienced it yourself? Hmm, who would I like to see on this program? Um, I would say my beautiful sister friend, her name is uh, Dion of D Lashes. She is, you know, everybody is all about lashes and beauty. Um, but my friend uh, Dion out of LA, Dion Phillips Ford, um, who is like, she is like the original, the, the greatest of all times. Like she is the reason why we have this whole eyelash industry in oh, the really? first place. Yeah. And I think oftentimes she doesn't get the credit that she deserves. Okay. Um, you know, of course you have a lot of, uh, imitators and people who kind of mimic what she's done in this industry, but, you know, she partnered with Victoria Beckham and, you know, her clientele like really speak for themselves. Mm. Uh, but I think, you know, she just doesn't get the re recognition that she deserves and she well, really is, you know, the goat. We're going to give her some recognition then. You, we're we're going to go through you and get and get um, the recommendation on here and learn all about her life yes. and get some dirt on you at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we treated you well? Yes, you have. I, I've enjoyed this time together. Great. Thank you. Great. You're so welcome. And we, and we hope that you're willing to come back and share more things about your life with us uh, in the near future, especially when you get your uh, new site up and when you get um, the program out first of the year that you've described for our listening audience. Uh, yes. Until that time, uh, thank you so much. Go on and say it to your friends and neighbors and you have a great day. You too. Thank you so much.